Hey everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of Hops and Fears, the podcast that pairs a craft beer with a horror movie. We wanted to start this off with some plugs. Yes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at Hops and Fears. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Hops Fears. You can email us. Our email address is hopsandfears at gmail.com. Um, you know where to listen to us because you're listening to us. Make sure to tell your friends, invite new people. We're all in quarantine, so they need something to do. Um, and rate, review, and subscribe. Stay safe and sane. Yes. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey everyone, hope you are staying safe during this crazy time we're living with right now and hopefully you're also social distancing properly. Yes, six feet apart. Yes, do your part and uh, respect the laws that are constantly changing every day. You weren't here, so I've Zoomed more times in the past like 24 hours than I've Zoomed at all for work, which we use Zoom. (laughs) my company um but i was telling my girlfriends this morning that i went for a run this morning and i ran into the same woman twice and both times she did absolutely nothing to keep her distance from me i was running i went for a run as well this morning i was kind of running into that too i was running on busy streets but i was always hopping into the into the yeah blacktop and it was totally fine i was running in alleys and like nothing but side streets and she's like literally the only person i saw in both times like she clearly saw me coming and she just kept coming in my direction was she carrying something no (laughs) she was doing absolutely nothing but walking Uh. and like one time she like turned to come towards me i'm like you can't just fucking stay on your corner until i pass you I was so annoyed. If I get coronavirus, I entirely blame it on that woman. On the alley lady? Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, well, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a crazy time we're living with right now. Like, you brought up Zoom, and that's, like, something a lot of people we know are doing right yeah. now. Like, we did that with your family, mm-hmm. which was really fun to do some video conferencing with, like, 14 other people. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it... It kind of makes me sad that we never thought to do this before because like my family, half my family lives in Florida, like my extended family all live in New York and I've, I've spoken with my extended family more times in the past three days than I've talked to them in like in the past year. Yeah. This whole social distancing thing has made us more social. I yeah. Think. <laughs> Which is crazy. And like I said, like it, it kind of makes me sad. We never thought to do this before. Like it never a group chat or group FaceTime before. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all just adapting and trying to be creative right now. Yeah. That's And if you're not, and you're trying to just go about the same as your life was two or three weeks ago, you might be missing out on something. Yeah. So you need to try and do something a little bit different. Yeah. So like we FaceTimed my family today. This morning, I FaceTimed some of my girlfriends. And then last night, we FaceTimed Bob's college buddies and, their, and some of their significant others, wives, girlfriends, um, to watch Tiger King. Yeah, which is all everyone's <laughs> talking about. So we had to jump on it. Yeah. And Netflix always kills it with the documentaries their anyway. documentaries are the best. It's so uh, good. And yeah, hopefully when you heard us say Tiger King, you got a little excited because seriously... If you're watching Tiger King or you watched it, you know how insane it is. It's not just about tigers, y'all. <laughs> There's so much more to it than that. There's so much like backstabbing and like weird backwoods fucking Murder. Oklahoma. Sex cults. Yeah, the sex cult stuff is what we dipped into last, last night. night. Oh my God. So we watched two episodes with our group of friends, but we decided that we're just going to stick. The next episode we're going to watch is the finale. We're all going to come together and watch it, which makes me super excited because I didn't know if I could hold out not watching until we all got together again. Yeah, it's just what what I love about this documentary thus far, even though we're about halfway through it, is you don't know who to. You can't root for anybody. They're all bad. Yeah, people. I guess. Well, rooting's a weird thing because we're just getting a slice of life here. But yeah. like, everyone is just really fucked up in their own ways. Yeah. There's no good person. <laughs> no one has any redeeming qualities. 
Yeah, I mean, who knew some like crazy backwoods Oklahoma, Florida people are just keeping tigers and other exotic animals and just feeding them scraps from Walmart that are well, meant to be thrown away. Vanilla Ice have a a tiger or I'm sure a lot of famous MC people Hammer. have had someone probably had, someone that lived in Jupiter had like. A big cat. Did Burt Reynolds escape. have a cat? No. He it seems like, he seems like a is either tiger a vanilla type. ice or MC Hammer <laughs> lived in Jupiter and had a um had a big cat that escaped. Yeah. That escaped? From I, from when I was living down there. Jesus. I think it was vanilla ice. Hmm. Well, in the first episode of Tiger King, they talk about what happened maybe twenty minutes from where I grew up in Ohio, where this guy had a bunch of animals like a whole variety of animals and they all got loose and yeah. then he, com- he like committed suicide do you remember that i vaguely remember mm-hmm. that um yeah but like yeah they're just like they had to like essentially kill all the animals because yes. there were all sorts of like there was a baboon involved too like it wasn't just big cats it's yeah that's the thing it's not just big cats it's any kind of exotic animal it's just insane to me that someone near where i grew up was keeping all these animals because because <laughs> Being in the Midwest, it gets really cold there yeah. sometimes. So it doesn't make any sense to have a fucking tiger there. Nope. At all. <laughs> Just with the documentary going deeper and deeper and getting more in- involved, so many other different like sort of characters kind of come out of the woodwork talking about either Joe Exotic, who's like the main guy. Yeah. And then there's Carol, who's... Also not a good person. Also not a good person, even though she's part of Big Cat Rescue. Yeah. Even though she's treating the animals nearly as bad. If not worse. Yeah. She keeps them in much smaller cages. Yeah. Under the guise of like, oh, you could pay to come see the cats, but you know, we're, we're taking care of them. Yeah. We're not breeding them. Right. That's like her whole, like, that's her on her high horse. Like, we're not breeding them. We're just, we're just hosting them. Yeah. But it's still a tiger being kept in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. In captivity. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. Yeah. And I will say that, yes, tigers are endangered species. So is it really a bad thing that they're breeding them? I mean, obviously, yes, it's bad that they're breeding them in captivity and keeping them and letting humans touch them and pet them. But if they're an endangered species, wouldn't they want to keep breeding? Well, not under those conditions. Well, yeah. I mean, you could say it's the same thing with like dog breeds. I guess that's You know, true. like if they're just getting bred that's over and true. over again. And bred, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just playing God, essentially. It's yeah. like a real, like, Jurassic Park scenario. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it's just so gnarly just to... Just the cast of characters is is so... It's so insane. I, I love it. It's like every time they introduce someone new, it's like, I want to know all about this yeah, person. I want them to have their own documentary. This guy has four teeth. What's up with him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone's missing an arm. What's up with them? Yeah, there's all kinds yeah. of... Interesting people that pop up there. But yeah, if uh, if you've not watched Tiger King, highly recommend it. Uh, it could be a little bit intense because there are animals involved. So it, they do kind of go into animal abuse. Yeah. Um, so watch out for that. Yes. If that triggers you in any way. Yes. Yeah. With that said, I think it's time for us to crack another quarantine beer here. Yes. said but for your information you lied the fog bank has moved due west and probably missed the ship entirely well my gauges must be wrong i've got a wind blowing due east and what kind of a fog blows against the wind cheers Ooh, that's intense yeah that's kind of punchy in the face. Yeah, it is. For this this episode, we are drinking Southern Tier Brewing Company's Lakeshore Fog Juicy and Hazy IPA. Mm. So I learned something while you were researching Southern Tier. They are not a Michigan like I thought they were. Yeah, I thought they were Midwestern too. Yeah. I was thinking either Michigan or Illinois, mm. but no, they're out of New York. Oh, where in New York? Um, you know... That's a good question. And to switch this up a little bit, instead of reading from their uh, their business website here, I will just let them speak for themselves. 
because they have a handy dandy video on here. This is Southern Tier Brewing Company. Since 2002, we've made world-class beers in Lakewood, New York. Back then, our founders, Finn and Sarah Demink, were inspired to bring small batch brewing to this part of the country. By 2003, our IPA was locally distributed, and by 2005, we covered the majority of New York and Pennsylvania with a catalog of just four beers. Today, we produce 38 beers and cover more than half of the United States. To do this, we've kept a philosophy of attention to detail and constant improvement in all aspects of beer. From additions and alterations to the brew house, cellar and fermentation, our state-of-the-art packaging lines, leading laboratory and quality assurance department not to mention our hard-working crew we're committed to making world-class beers and you can find them right here cheers from southern tier so yeah lakewood new york i have no idea where that is uh, me neither. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the East Coast. But yeah, I thought it was pretty cool that they had a video on their website versus yeah. just kind of, I mean, they have like a full like year by year like updates too, which is oh, pretty neat. Cool. But for the audio medium, it was cool to play a video from the brewery themselves. Yes. With some fun, calming music behind it. I'm really relaxed right now. Mm-hmm. This beer is interesting because it is a hazy. Yeah. If you hold it up to light, you can barely see through it. But it's got um, like it's a, it's really acidic. Yeah, it's citrusy, but it's also got a funk to it. Mm-hmm. When I smelled it right before I took a sip, I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go down. Yeah. Six point five percent. So, I mean, it's pretty standard for like a, a hazy. Yeah. It's like a a single. Hopped hazy. Yeah. Here's a little bit more about Lakeshore Fog. A faint crescent moon hangs low in the azure sky as the last pinpricks of starlight disappear into the brightening day. Quiet, repetitious sounds float up from nearly invisible waves lapping the beach. A cool mist hangs at the water's edge, obscuring the early morning light into a luminescent golden glow. One can't help but feel a sense of easy calm in this magically surreal moment, as if a universal shift is sort of heaven on earth amid the lakeshore fog. Mm. Three words to describe lakeshore fog. Hazy, juicy, refreshing. Three more. Aromatic, delicious, golden. A year of brewing development has captured these attributes and rolled them into a brilliant new beer. We are using absurd amount of hops, dry hopped on four different days, making it a juicy flavor and aroma bomb. Accurate. A slight malty sweetness balances a dry and very mild finish, which melds perfectly with its hazy appearance. Tropical citrus and stone fruit and pleasantly, and pleasingly floral character is marked with notes of big, dank, resinous mosaic, citra, and amarillo hops. Enjoy. Nice. Yeah. I like that they kind of painted a picture yes. of like what they, they, they thought of with this beer. And then they go into like what's actually in it. Yeah, like not only was the music calming, like you just reading that, I was like, I could fall asleep right now. <laughs> I feel so relaxed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you grow up near a beach and stuff like that. Do you ever see like fog over the water? Oh, yeah. That's, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Especially if it's like early morning. Like mm-hmm. if you like went for a run or like went yeah. for a bike ride or something or for a walk and just look out. Have you never seen fog over the lake? I'm never over there. Mm. I like it certain right. time of day i guess i used to, to live catch over it. there so i would run in the morning all the time right yeah yeah and smelling this it does smell way more tropical and fruity than i thought it did at first yeah it kind of from the top it looks more yellow from the side it looks more golden oh yeah yeah 
Like the top, when you look at it from the top, it looks like it's pineapple juice. <laughs> when you look at it from the side, it looks like a, a very champagne-heavy mimosa. I would agree with that. Yeah. Overall, though, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's way more, I mean, to use their word, resinous than I thought it was going to be. Like, it's like hitting like the sides of my tongue right now. It's hitting the roof of my mouth. But I wonder if that's because earlier I was drinking lemonade truly. Yeah. So, yeah. it was like legitimately hurting the sides of my teeth. That's how like citrusy and acidic it was. Ugh. It was like hurting the sides of my mouth. Yeah. That doesn't sound good to me. I don't want to drink something that does that to my mouth. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut it next time with something. Water. <laughs> Ice cubes. Mm. LaCroix. LaCroix. Vodka. We don't have any. <laughs> Bourbon? Ew. No. No, that would be... Oh. <laughs> no, that sounds gross. That sounds awful. Yeah. And of course, we are drinking Lakeshore Fog because we watched John Carpenter's The Fog for this episode. This is the second John Carpenter movie we've done on the podcast. Yeah, we've done some kind of offbeat ones because yeah. last May we did In the Mouth of Madness. We did. Uh, and then now the fog, but this one's interesting because this was the follow up to Halloween. So Halloween really put him on the map. Yeah. Before that, he had Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Is that more of like a drama? I've actually never seen it. Hmm. Just like I'd never seen the fog until we okay. watched it for this episode. Although you've been on a John Carpenter score kick for the past. Oh my week. god! Yes, I controversial opinion coming up. Um, I think his scores are I think are maybe better than his movies. Yeah, I have to say the only movie of his I truly would want to see again is Halloween. Yeah. Um, I did not enjoy In the Mouth of Madness at all. I love In the Mouth of Madness. Mm-mm. That's one of my, that's like a sleeper, one of my faves, no. I think. And this one was, it was, how do I truly feel about this movie? I didn't not like it, but I also didn't like it. Okay. Like, that was an interesting story, but I also thought it was kind of lame that zombie pirates came in with the fog. (laughs) I I feel like you could have done that in a much different way. I agree. But what I like about it, like, I think it's a very simple movie, like story-wise. It's super simple. Yeah. It's like an old ghost tale, which is what the movie opens with, and it just sets the, the pace for the rest of the movie. I think if you would have just kept it a ghost story and like on the anniversary of the hundredth. So the whole premise of this movie is in order to make this town Antonio Bay, six conspirators got together to kill the man with all the money so they could build this town. Right. Right. Yeah. So the six. But wait, that doesn't make sense. No, those six guys were there to try and take over because they, they came from somewhere else yeah. and then they were killed by the townspeople. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it was. So it's now a hundred years later. Antonio Bay is about to celebrate his hundredth anniversary. And these six pirates who died are now coming to kill six people. Yep. I think if you would have just kept it a ghost story like that, it would have been really cool. But instead you made it the fog and like had all this fog happen well, it just—I don't know. It felt. I, I guess I get that, but it, it's also like this is also 1980. That's a cheap prop. I guess, but you also could have kept it a cheap prop. Like, the, the pirates were obviously real. Like we saw them kill people. Yeah. Like if you if they would have just came and gone like true ghosts do. That's what they did, though. But they came in with the fog. That's what's driving me crazy. Well, that's well. If if you could think back to the the scary story told that that's told to the it's, children at the very beginning. It's a foggy night. Yeah. It's a foggy night, but that's also one reason why they found the town because the pirates were on the ship and they saw a fire through the fog. Mm. And that fire is what brought them to that town. So like, got it. You know, also, I also was like very distracted for the first five minutes of this movie because we watched it on shutter. Shout out shutter. We love you. Um, <laughs> But the entire time, like, we heard something in the background. And, like, I think about three times I was like, 
are we supposed to be hearing I this? thought it was intentional. Yeah, and Bob's like, I think, because again, like Bob said, he had never seen it. So he was like, I think it's, I think it's like meant to be like the noise of the story. And I was like, oh, okay. And then like a few more minutes passed and I was like, I really don't think this is right. Yeah, because we heard like random, like a woman screaming yeah. while, while we're like looking over a town. And I was like, that's when it clicked for me. Yeah. And then like the final time it was in, um, they're in the, um, the church. And the priests are talking to each other and like there's something else. And I was like, I really don't think this is right. And Bob paused the movie and there were still sounds going because whatever. Because like if you if you have Shudder and you sign into it, there's always a movie that's playing. Yeah, it'll just drop you right into a movie. Yeah. And so that movie was still playing, even though we picked another movie to watch. The, the movie that was playing, this is worth noting, was Reanimator, which the director, Stuart Gordon, just passed away mm-hmm. like two days before we watched the uh, the fog. Yeah. So I thought that was like interesting. I was like, oh, it's like Stuart Gordon's ghost is like wanting us to watch Reanimator because it's yeah. playing the audio of that over us watching the fog. Yeah. It was. It was seriously. I was like. It was super weird. Guys, I'm not even kidding. Ever since we've watched Annabelle and talked about Annabelle, weird fucking things are happening in our apartment. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Or is it the quarantine getting to you? Maybe it's the quarantine. Yeah. Getting to yeah. Me. But we watched Annabelle pre-quarantine. Yeah, but now that we're here all the time, it's like our our the warmth of our spirits are bringing another spirit in here. Maybe I just I just got the shivers. Yeah, for like the first five minutes of this movie, another movie was playing in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was definitely like a Shutter app malfunction of some yeah. sort. All we, all we did was restart the movie from the top, and it was fine. Yeah, but that was yeah, that was really weird because I was like. Pretty sure it's part of the movie. I convinced yeah. myself yeah. real quickly that it was part of the movie. And I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this ghost story that opens the movie, it's the 21st of April. There's a shipwreck at Spivey Point, which is where the lighthouse is in this movie, yeah. which is a very important location. Yes. Because we have one of our, our heroes there. Stevie. Stevie. Who, Stevie Wayne. Stevie Wayne mm-hmm. even got a last name out of the movie. Yeah. Damn. Well, because she was a um a DJ. Oh yeah, I guess she probably said so her name all the like, time. She's like, I was about to say, hey, you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> um, it's a Tiger King reference. Yeah. Um, because I read in the trivia, I don't think I took a note of it. Um, that they used jazz music as her um. To, uh, radio show because it was cheaper to get the rights to that than like rock and roll or anything. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But that makes sense too. She was like, she was like the overnight shift. She's yeah. like the third shift at a radio station. Yeah. And a fucking lighthouse. Yeah. Like in the middle of nowhere. Ugh. But also, was she the third shift or was she? Well, yeah. I guess, well, maybe she just did her broadcast from the lighthouse, but the other shifts were at another place. Maybe they were that douchebag Donnie or Jack or Joe or whatever his name was. The weatherman I hated. I'm glad. Oh, he Dan died. the weatherman. Yeah. yeah. Dan the weatherman. Um, he kept calling her sweetheart, and every time he fucking said it, I wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, she was definitely the third shift because right from the top of the movie, we get like her like talking, "Hey guys, it's midnight now," or, yeah. or whatever. She's like yeah. doing like a smooth jazz voice, and there's like yeah, jazz and playing. She's like, it's Stevie Wayne from KAJB or whatever. Yeah. 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 I could never be a disc jockey. I do not have the voice to be a disc jockey. <laughs> I think you could probably train yourself to do it though too. It's, I mean, hey. some some people innately have a very nice. Hey, all you voice. cool cats and kittens! <laughs> this is Kathleen coming from my apartment to talk about the fog. <laughs> hey, folks! It's time for the jazz hour here. You got it, Bob on the on the ones and twos. Here's a little "Take Five by Dave Brubeck Quartet. <laughs> yes, you're good. I felt pretty good about that. Yeah. What are, so I've always heard the reference on the ones and twos. I don't actually understand what that means. I don't know either. I think it means it has something to do with like mixing or like playing music. I mean, like DJs say ones and twos and shit like that. I think it, it might mean like a turntables. Got it. To like where you'll fade one out and, and bring the other one up. Uh-huh. So you can transition music. Because that's what DJs do anyway. Like yeah. Both the radio kind and also like EDM yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of DJs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fade shit out and bring something else up. So then, how do people? I could be completely wrong, but no, I'm no, pretty no. sure that makes sense. I'm. We'll go with that. Then, how do people do it just from a laptop? Um, 
Or is that, I don't those, think they're doing a whole lot. Are those pre-mixed <laughs> if they do it from a laptop? They do live mixing. That's for sure. That's why they're always like twiddling knobs because yeah. they're also kind of fading in and out and stuff like yeah. that. But like just like similar to how we're recording on GarageBand right now. Mm-hmm. Like all these tracks are playing at the same time. So that way they know like this track is going to be for this knob. This track is going to be for this knob. So that way they can kind of start stuff and, and sequence it live. Yeah. But seriously, like, have you ever watched like old school like DJs like like from like like earlier like rap days that are like scratching and shit live mm-hmm. and mixing live? That is so goddamn impressive. Yeah. To do that on vinyl, yeah, is insane. Like you gotta like really like really literally like read like the record to like know like like look down and be okay that beat started when the record was about this point. Yeah. I can bring it back with my headphones so I can like listen to it like in reverse to bring it back to that beat again. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. The fact that people can do that is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. That's very impressive. And, like, how do you even learn how to do that? Or is it just something you, like, do you go to school for that? Or is it just something you teach I mean, yourself? I'm sure people can probably teach it now and instruct it now. But yeah. back then, no. Like, you just literally scratched the record yourself and just be like, okay. If I keep, like, going, like, bringing it back a certain distance, it'll restart itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's just having a really good ear too yeah. to like listen to your headphones and be like, okay, bring it back to like beat one again, over and over again. If that's what I'm trying to do here, hmm. it's crazy. Hmm. You mentioned that that church scene, uh, which is towards the beginning here. We get like a little more backstory post ghost story, and we get a nice little John Carpenter cameo yeah. as Bennett, like the church hand. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I really enjoyed seeing him in there. Yes. And then Father Malone finds other Father Malone's diary, <laughs> which I don't understand. I mean, maybe priests back in those days weren't celibate. Maybe they could have families. But priests now can't have families unless I, they leave the church. I don't know. Or maybe. Because you make a vow to God. You love only God in the church. Or maybe he had a family and then devoted his life. Or adopted a kid or something. I don't know. Or it's just really bad writing. <laughs> it could be. Uh, I don't know the lives of priests, but I feel like, yeah, maybe he had like a wife and a kid. And then it was like, you know what? I'm going to go live my life for the Lord. And I'm going to go do my or thing. Maybe he wasn't a Catholic priest. He could have not been a Catholic priest. He could have been a Protestant priest. True. True. But that looked like a Catholic church. Wasn't he wearing the thing? I don't even know what it's the called. I'm a bad Catholic. The collar? Yeah, sure. Doesn't it have an actual name? Or am I thinking about Pre- the nuns wear? Priest collar. But what is... What's, PC. <laughs> what's the hat the nuns wear? It's called it. something. Habit? Yes. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. It's his track two, back in the habit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it would make more... S- oh, no. This is the Pacific Northwest. This isn't the... This is PNW, not... Yeah. Not Northeast. This is PNW, not any. Because I was going to say, it would make more sense if he was a Protestant priest, but that's Northeast, not. Yeah. Not, not PNW. I don't True. know anything about PNW. I've never been there. Have a lot of good fish, a lot of good coffee. Another thing casting-wise that's pretty cool is we have Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. Yes. As well as her mother, Janet Lee. Yes. I had no idea they were even in a movie together. I didn't either. Not that they interact at all with each... Well, at no, I guess... End. At the very end. I guess they do. But that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they're both... At this point, you know, like, horror movie slash film... Scream Queens. Yeah, Scream Queens. Like, they're two of the OGs. Did Janet Lee truly store... Well, I guess no, Scream... Scream Queens became like the phrase in the 80s, right? With like Jamie Lee Curtis and um, all the like teen horror movies like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. That's yeah. like when Scream Queens. <sighs> so hard to say. Scream Queens became like a term, right? Well, yeah, because Jamie Lee Curtis, she was in Halloween and then she was also in Prom Night. Mm-hmm. So that was like the two like back-to-back yeah. like slashers that really started that subgenre of yeah. horror. But, I mean, you can say that Janet Lee was a scream queen in Psycho. She screamed. That's true. I mean, it's one of the most famous scenes in history. Yeah. 
Yeah. I still want to watch that. Uh, there's a documentary about the filming of Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks really cool. It looks really like Have nerdy film wise. Hitchcock with what's his face? No, with uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. I never saw that. I really want to see it. Maybe it's streaming somewhere. We should do like a Hitchcock. I would, now that we're in quarantine and have nothing else to fucking do, I would like to watch Hitchcock's filmography. Oh, for like, sure. Like I've seen, obviously, I've seen Psycho. I've seen um, Rope. I've seen Rear Window. I've seen parts of North by Northwest. Birds might be coming up on the podcast sometime soon. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. We have a beer for it. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So we, we will get some Hitchcock on here. I'm super excited to, yeah. to take a deep dive. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, like I, I took a film class in college and we spent a whole two weeks learning about Alfred, Hitch, Alfred Hitchcock. That's I mean, what we watched. We watched the first time I watched Rope um, was in that class because it, like, it was entirely filmed in like six takes. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we watched it together mm-hmm. um, I don't know, a year or two ago. And I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Like, 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 it really feels like it's a play. Yeah. And I love that about it. Yeah. But, like, the camera also, like, moves, mm-hmm. which makes it feel like a movie. Yep. And, like, just, like, knowing that, like, there's a body hidden. I mean, it's not a spoiler by any means, but like, there's, like, a body there. And then, like, everyone's moving around this body that's, yeah. like, hidden there. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy to just be, like, someone's going to discover this at some point. It's, like, a ticking time bomb the whole movie. Yeah. Super cool. And, like, one of them is, like, so totally chill. And the other one gets paranoid every time someone goes near where the body's hidden. It's uh, it's it's such a good movie. Yeah. Rope is badass. Yeah. It's loosely based on Leopold and Loeb. Is it just because they were too... Maybe homosexual killers, or is no. it, or is it be, or was there like a scenario where they were around people like they hid bodies like no, that? No, it was more just they thought that they would be, they thought they were smarter than everybody else and they'd be able to commit the like perfect crime and get away with it. Like a lot of serial killers, just super yeah. cocky yeah. ego. Yeah, yeah, like, killed somebody they knew. Um, Ugh. yeah, and like honestly, Leopold and Loeb probably would have gotten away with it if Loeb's son, if Loeb's glasses weren't lost because he had like super rare glasses that were only like two made <laughs> and they were at they found they were found on the scene of the crime right right yeah so it pays to buy off brand yes, is what you're saying basically <laughs> warby parker you got him yeah ray-bans i got him <laughs> speaking of hitchcock how many horror directors do you know that like truly like reference him as being like their inspiration for getting in the genre and I mean a lot of them he's just one of the OGs that like made like very suspenseful creative movies yeah like we were just talking about Rope is creative for for certain reasons like Vertigo is like what started the whole um uh, zoom in while you zoom out zoom zoom in in, zoom out out. yes I like Rear Window as an example yeah, it's like it's like his perspective. You know, mm-hmm. he's incapacitated, so he gets to witness everything from afar. Like yeah. no, no one else was doing that at that time. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I really want to see that um, movie with Amy Adams and what's her face, Lady in the Window or Girl yes. in the Window? What's it called? Julia, Julianne Moore. Yeah. Yes, and Gary Oldman's in it. Yeah. Yeah, that it, I think it's supposed to be like a retelling of Rear Window, right? Like a more modern sort of. of it. Yeah, where she's she she's a shut in. She's yeah. yeah. So she's. She just witnesses everything herself. Yeah. And it's her word versus everybody else who's yeah. like out in the world. But she's like, no, I'm, I stay put. So I yeah. see everything here. Yeah. No, that movie looks really good. I wonder if it's, I think it was supposed to come out soon. I wonder if it's streaming somewhere. It got delayed. Oh, did it? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Who knows? With, with the world we're living in right now, I'm all for it if these movies want to like come to streaming. Like I'll pay for it. Like uh, Invisible Man went streaming. And I think some like Disney movie also went streaming Onward. too. Onward, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was twenty bucks to do it, but like, if you were to go see it in a theater, you would in Chicago, we'd probably pay more than twenty bucks yeah. for two people to go see it. I mean, I have the Regal Reward, so we would only pay for you to see it. Technically, I pay to see it, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. But still, twenty bucks to rent a brand new movie that's in theaters—that's cool. For, yeah. They're making a ton of money from that. Yeah. They don't have to like pay someone to. They don't have to pay play the staff. Yeah. yeah. They don't have to pay the theater. Nope. Which I'm just going to take this time to do a PSA, support local, shop local. 
Do your, it. Your friendly neighborhood iTunes? Is that what you're getting? No, just like, <laughs> because like we were saying how they don't need to pay someone to do it. It's like, but people still need to make money. So if you have the means, support and shop local. For sure. Yeah. So this town really goes topsy-turvy when the fog comes rolling in here. Um, telephone booths start ringing all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Car windows break all at the same time. Yeah, gas pumps go off. Cars start honking. Um, chairs move. Yeah. Um, yeah, like this lady's in her apartment and the chair just like slides across the floor. Like, okay, that's that's cool. A car starts being raised on its own. Oh, yeah, at the mechanic shop. Yeah. yeah. So it's like all this like weird electrical shit is, is going on when the fog rolls in. Yeah. Well, I like this, too, because all the meanwhile, we're getting um, Stevie's, like, radio broadcast. Yeah. So she's like she's telling us, like, what day it is, what time it is. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're witnessing a montage of all this, like, creepy stuff that's yeah. happening in this town. She's like, it's 12 o'clock on the dot, and, like, all this shit starts happening. Oh, yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah, just like, it's like a really cool, like... What I liked about this movie is like it was very, it, like I said before, it's simple, but it's also quick and to the point. There's not a lot of fat in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. this scene, some shit's going to happen. This scene, some shit's going to happen. Um, yeah. And I never knew. I've heard the term the witching hour, but I didn't realize it was from midnight to one. Yeah. Um. So, so all this shit's going on for just in that one hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's only from 12 to 1. Yeah. Um, and then we also get introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis, yes. who's hitchhiking. Yes. Which was a valid thing to do in 1980. Yeah. <laughs> Although at this point, um, how many serial killers have been caught? Like, don't hitchhike. <laughs> Come on now. Nope. Just hitchcock. <laughs> um, yeah, she gets picked up by this guy who immediately hands her a Budweiser. Yeah. Which I thought was really funny. Yeah. And she 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 asks him, "Are you weird?" Yeah. Like after he like he, the stranger picks her up, gives her a beer, and she's like, "What would your mind be thinking?" She's like, "Okay, cool. This guy gave me a ride," and then he immediately yeah. like, gets you a beer. Like, is he going to get drunk? Like, yeah. What? And then like all his car windows break. Yeah. And then the next scene, they're in bed together. It's like, well, that was quite the escalation. Yeah, they're in bed together, and then he asks her what her name is. Yeah. <laughs> was it Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth and Nick. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Uh, quick escalation from picked up beer. Budweiser to bed. They did kind of flirt in the car for what yeah. it's worth. And and she says that he's the 13th guy to pick her up. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so lucky. Well... That the whole town is not lucky, no. at all. Yeah. Yeah. The fog rolls in, and then we see we're with three guys that are on the deck of this ship. It's a super creepy scene because they're all kind of drinking on there, kind of shooting the shit. They're they're all they're also listening to Stevie too, and they're kind of talking about Stevie like, oh man, she's so hot and all this. Like, you know, yeah. she's like a town celebrity. Is yeah. essentially what the movie's telling us. Um, yeah, but then two of the guys go up. To the, to the deck because the fog's rolling in. And they can see a ship coming in. They turn away and look again. The ship is just completely gone. Yeah. Just like vanished in thin air. Yeah. And Stevie kept saying, oh, there's a fog bank rolling in. And one of the guys was like, there's no fog bank. And then the next second he's like, oh, look, there's a fog bank. <laughs> uh, just give it two more seconds and, and take a look. Uh, but then this is when we get our first like sight of what's going on here because the guy, two guys are on the deck. They can't see two feet in front of them until they look at the, the bow of the ship and they can see these just dark figures looking at him. The ship disappeared. All of a sudden there's people on their deck. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Super random. And then they both get stabbed with swords. Yeah. Pirate style. Oh, they get stabbed a lot. This ain't no Jack Sparrow. No. Uh-uh. Not your friendly neighborhood Jack Sparrow. And not your Casper the Friendly Ghost either. <laughs> Casper the Blackbeard? <laughs> it's not coronavirus. I just... Beer went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> yeah, so those guys get stabbed and hooked. There's a lot of hook action in yeah. this movie too. Uh, but then there's, there's a guy that's downstairs 
um, who just is maybe manning the, their ship or whatever. Um, but then he gets a really violent death. He yeah, gets, he gets he, a fucking ice pick to the eye. Yeah, like real quick too. Just like like it's. I mean, you don't see it. No. You just see the stabbing action. You're like, Jesus. Yeah. Right in the face. To the face. <laughs> um, yeah. Then we meet up with Nick and Elizabeth. And that's when the whole, like, post-coital bliss, what's yeah. your name? Catching up on each other's lives. <laughs> and then there's, there's, we, then we could see from outside, there's nothing but fog. And then we just hear, do, 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 do. Yeah. It's got a. Someone's knocking on their door with a hook. Yeah. Oh, no way. But then this is when we get a rule of the movie where he goes to check on the door and sees that nothing's going on. But then his clock explodes yeah. as soon as it hits one. Yep. And the fog just kind of dissipates. Yes, it does. So for that witching hour, it's fog time. Yep. And then he does he he does he end up opening the door and there's nothing there? Yeah, like he walks outside. Like it was like yeah. he opened up opened up the door like right at one o'clock. Yeah. Had he waited thirty more seconds, he would have been hooked in the face. Yes, 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 he would have. We also learned that Stevie has a son named Andrew or Andy. I thought his name was Nick. Oh no no no! no Nick is Nick is his yes. who picked up Jamie Lee. Yes, yeah. Andy Andy is the little boy. Yes, right right. He it's the next day and he goes out to the rocks there and he sees a gold coin and the and the the waves keep rushing in until it eventually turns into a giant piece of driftwood and of course like any like kid that sees something interesting in the water he's gonna grab it and take it home yeah yeah I used to hang out at like a crick or a creek depending on how you pronounce a crick, a crick yeah I, I'm from Ohio uh, a crick all the time with like my like neighborhood friends and we would just like pick up whatever we could find down there yeah. Because that's like where like people like hang out. Like we would probably see like all kids like smoking down there or something like that. But yeah, just like in like three inches of water. We also tried to find crawl dads too. Yeah. Super random. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was like two blocks from where I grew up. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Andy finds this piece of wood and it says Dane on it. And then he runs home and shows his mom, and she takes it into her lighthouse office which fuck that was a lot of stairs to do that every day the it looked like there was at least a hundred stairs yeah if not more yeah and like a slow like decline too like could you imagine that shit in the winter or when it's raining or when it's raining yeah no fucking thank you no way nope I would. I never work in a lighthouse to begin with, man. Lighthouses are creepy as shit. Yeah, they are. Most of them are haunted. Yeah. Like, because based on the movie, we saw at some point in time there were two people living there and an octopus, and <laughs> one of them got pecked to death by some birds. <laughs> Holy spoiler alert for a movie that just came out. It's gonna <laughs> just come out. But it's about to go streaming now. Okay, spoiler alert for Lighthouse. <laughs> uh. Yeah, don't fuck with birds. Don't fuck with lighthouses. Yeah. Ever. So she takes it to the lighthouse and she leaves it on where all her cassette tapes are. And then it starts getting wet. Yeah, it starts leaking. That was a really cool effect. That was a really cool effect. And then it catches on fire and it says six must die. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, holy fuck. I thought that was sweet. That was a really cool like visual effect for, yeah. the, for the movie a practical effect yeah and then if you think three have already died so three more have to die yeah so who's it gonna be right this movie that like, keeps like telling you over and over again the rules of what's gonna happen yeah. in this movie which i kind of like it kind of like sets the stage it keeps it consistent throughout the movie but when we first are introduced to janet lee she's like the part the Committee to plan parties of this small town. And she's planning the 100th anniversary party. And she goes to Father Malone for some reason. I don't remember why she ends up going to him. Maybe to talk about something like he's going to bless the ceremony or whatever. Yeah, she, she wanted him to speak because yeah. I feel like he's like a respected, like older gentleman of the, yeah. of the community. But he, they... They get to the church and he explains to them that he found something. And so he reads from his grandfather's diary of the night that the conspirators met and killed those people. Um, And what did it say? 
Oh, the name of the ship was Elizabeth Dane. Mm -hmm. So that piece of driftwood was from the one that exploded and said six must die was the ship. Do you think there was a reason why the ship was called Elizabeth Dane and also Jamie Lee Curtis's character was named Elizabeth? They didn't tie that in like at all. No. I was waiting for it. Well, that's what I remember I asked you. Like, were the were the people that they went after like direct descendants of the six conspirators? Yes. Were like they, yeah, they had something to do with the like, people Father that killed Malone, them. Because like Father Malone at the end of the movie said, "I'm the final conspirator." Right. Yeah, he yeah. kind of like outed himself, essentially. because yeah, his grandfather was one of the ones who helped kill those men. Yeah, I was waiting for Elizabeth, the Elizabeth Dane ship, and Elizabeth, the Jamie Lee Curtis character, to, to get wrapped up together, but it never came. And I was like, why name her the same thing as the ship then? Yeah. Unless she was like the omen of what's going on, is when she rolled into town, that's when shit started to go bad. That's true, and she even caught on to that. So Nick... Was he was friends with those three guys or yeah. he owned the boat that they were on? I, I think he knew those guys because yeah. he's worried about them being gone. Yeah. Because he knew that they were out there the night that the, the ship rolled in. Yeah. Um, so they go out to find the ship, find the ship. And they said it had such erosion and saltwater damage that it, it, it felt like it would have been on the ocean or underwater for years. And yeah. Nick was like, I just cleaned this boat last week. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was rust everywhere. Yeah. Uh, all the glass was frozen or, like, broken, like like, like, it, like it got frozen. The thermometer was stuck at 20, 20 degrees. He's like, yeah, something cold must have happened here. So yeah. it's, like, death rolling in fog-wise. Yeah. Yep. And even while they were on that boat right before the one guy, the one dead guy falls on Elizabeth, she's like, I feel like this is my fault. She's like, bad luck just seems to follow me wherever I go. <laughs> And again, they never mentioned that again either. Yeah. Unless she's like going up the coast, just like fucking up coastal towns. <laughs> Every town has like their like pirate ghost yeah. and she's just like spreading the seed of pirate awfulness. So the, that body that falls on Elizabeth when they're looking on the boat where those three gentlemen died the night before, we, we flash like an autopsy scene. Which, how are they allowed in there? Yeah, they're they're like six feet away from the body that's yeah. getting. I mean, they kept at. their dis- They kept their social distance. They did, but they're also not doctors or police. So why were they allowed in the autopsy room? It was 1980. I guess that's doctors true. used to smoke and be telling tell you that you were you were, you were sick. That's that's <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, but but the, the guy that's doing the autopsy, the coroner. says the body looks like it had been underwater for a month. Yeah, and he was like, I just saw him. Whatever his name was. He's like, I just saw him three days ago. And now he looks like he's been underwater for a month. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's super creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, the, the body was eyeless. It had salt water in its lungs. And it had, like, seaweed all over him, too. Yeah. It's like, well, if he died on the boat, that makes no sense that he's waterlogged at yeah. all. Yeah. And that's what the other one said. He's like, how did he drown without ever touching the water? Right. And his body was like in like a cabinet that fell out. Yeah, with no eyes. No eyes. <laughs> um, and then so Nick and the doctor leave the room to have this little conversation. And they leave Elizabeth in there. And then Homie stands up off the fucking autopsy table. Scalpel in hand. Yeah. And, ready, ready to attack Jamie Lee. Yep. And then... She screams and then the dead guy falls to the ground and he had written into the floor with the scalpel the number three. Because three more needs to die. That's right. These ghosts are uh, um, constantly sending messages all the time. Yes. The fourth death here, we have your favorite character, Dan the Weatherman. <laughs> Who gives Stevie a call and we have a classic moment here where, and this is, I, I'm realizing this now and saying it, the same thing also happened in Halloween where someone calls someone else on the phone and then they're killed over the phone. Yeah. And you can hear what goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was my least favorite character in this entire movie. My note for him is, ugh, I'm glad this Dan schmuck is about to die. <laughs> Dan the weatherman. Yeah. I hated him so much. Yeah. So much. And especially because like, Stevie is clearly telling him, don't answer the door. Stay on the phone with me. Don't do this. Don't do that. And he's like, 
I got this, sweetheart. I know more than you. I'm Dan the Weatherman. <laughs> there should be no fog. Blah, 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 blah. And then the entire time, he's like fucking smiling. Oh, yeah. It's it's the most aggravating thing. <laughs> I hated him so much. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sad to see him go, but I also never pictured seeing that actor die because I know him from, he's, again, he's from Halloween. He, play, Halloween? he plays uh, the character... Annie's dad. He's the sheriff of the town. And Annie is also in this movie. She plays uh, Janet Lee's like assistant. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good to see her like in another movie too. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. A lot, a lot of carryover from Halloween. And I, I appreciated that yeah. so much. So where in Jamie Lee Curtis's filmography is this? Halloween was maybe her first like motion picture. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if it, what came next, either this or it was prom night. I want to say it was prom night. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, she was just like horror movies, like right out of the gate. Yeah. So not only do ghosts come out of the fog, the fog can actually do things like it cut the power lines. <laughs> it like killed the phone lines. It's a very functional fog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, death number five and this gave you a little bit of a, of a scare because Andy Stevie's oh, yeah. son what was did I have a hot factor uh, you did it was pretty minimal because this isn't a particularly scary movie yeah but I mean the jump scares are kind of whatever but yeah. it was kind of unnerving in parts but you had 12 okay 12, 12 moments of feardom <laughs> feardom yeah Andy and Mrs. Cabritz? Cabritz? I have Mrs. Cool Bits. <laughs> because I couldn't tell what was being said. Yeah. And then you said her name. I was like, is it Kerbits? Cool Bits? Yeah. So I put Cool Bits. I think I have like two different versions. I have like Cabots and Cabritz and... I bet it's Cabots. Well, we'll just keep it with Cool Bits. I like that. Yeah. Sounds like a porn name. Mrs. Cool Bits. Mrs. Cool Bits. Yeah. Uh, no, she's she's a, she's an elderly lady. She's watching Andy, Stevie's son, mm-hmm. and uh, and she clearly cares a lot about him because she was like she was like Andy, go make sure your bedroom, your windows are closed and all the doors are closed. Like she wants to protect him from whatever this fucking fog is. Yeah, she senses something's askew. Hey, the wisdom of a, of a woman. Yeah, it's hard to beat. Woman's intuition, and. Yeah, of course, she does get Andy to finally go to his bedroom. And as soon as he's out of sight, she gets attacked and yeah. like immediately like, pulled outside into the fall. We never see what, what happens to her. Yeah. But, and the whole time this is happening, Stevie is screaming over the radio lines to someone go to her house and save Andy. Because she can tell from where she is in the lighthouse that the fog is making its way to her house. Yep. Uh, so Mrs. Coolbits, apparently her family has something to do with... Yeah. What happened way back then? Yeah. I mean, she was older, so maybe it was like her dad maybe. killed somebody or her grandfather killed yeah. somebody. Yeah. Who knows? This is cool bits. But because Stevie is being proactive in sharing her personal information with the airwaves, <laughs> Nick and Elizabeth do show up and they, they ultimately save Andy and get him out through the door. And then we have a classic, the car won't start scene. No, the it's not. Uh, the um, It was stuck in the mud. Oh, it's stuck in the mud. Yeah. 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 Trying to like gun it, and meanwhile, all these pirates are like coming Getting out of the closer fog. and closer. Yeah, yeah, but of course, they get away. It's all yes, good because she throws it into reverse. That's right. Can't go one way, go the other. Yep. And because Stevie is so proactive and wanting to protect the town, uh, she does broadcast that the fog is kind of moving in, moving inland towards Antonio Bay. And that causes all the characters who are all conveniently listening to the radio yeah. to congregate all at the church. six people that live in this town. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, but all of our main characters, they do make their way to the church. Because she's like, the fog's rolling in. The church is like the highest point. Go, go up there. And that's what they do. Yeah. Meanwhile, the fog overtakes the lighthouse. Yeah. And I thought this was cool because a lighthouse is... Like we just said, like lighthouses are creepy. Yeah. So I like the fact that there's like a little bit of like stalking going on around this lighthouse because lighthouses are not that big. Nope. Nowhere to hide. You can only go up or down. Like yep. That's pretty much it. Yep. 
It's a giant metal to or steel or brick tunnel, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One way in, no way out. Yeah. Yeah. And because the fog takes it over, Stevie makes her way outside of the, fo- the, the lighthouse there and onto the very roof of it, which is, again, super crazy. And this is, I think, one of the cooler shots in the movie where she gets up to the very roof of the lighthouse on the exterior there. And she climbed up this, like, small ladder. And then we go to, like, a POV shot of, like, these hands that are, like, slowly creeping up the ladder. I thought that was scary because yeah. there's nowhere for her to go. Nope. You get to see, like, these, like, gross, like, seaweed-covered monster hands making their way up. Yep. Yeah. Not a fan. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. And meanwhile, back at the church, um, they're starting to be attacked by the zombie pirates. And then they realize that Blake just wants his gold. Blake's the main pirate, I guess. Yeah. Um, he just wants his gold, but they don't... It's They they realize that the um, there's a cross buried in the wall where Father Malone first found his grandfather's diary and they assume that that cross was made of the melted gold. They had melted the gold down that they stole from the pirates and turned it into this cross. And so father Malone brings it to Blake as an offering saying, I'm the sixth conspirator. Here's your gold. And mm-hmm. then Blake touches the gold and it starts burning. Nick saves father Malone and the pirates leave. Yeah. He was like, Oh, Okay. It's, yeah. like, it's like the leprechaun. Just give him what he wants yeah. and he'll just leave you the fuck alone. I want the gold. Give me the gold. <laughs> and then you think, oh, yay. Um, Steve, like as soon as Blake disappears, the zombies that were attacking, Stevie disappear, all the zombies leave. And you're like, oh, good. Fog leaves. The pirates leave. Everyone survives. Besides the six. Five. Five? How many people were killed? The three dudes, Mrs. Coolbits. So only four people were killed. No, a fifth person was killed. Oh, Dan the Weatherman. Dan the Weatherman, yes. Hated him so much I totally forgot about him. (laughs) Yeah. So you think, oh, Blake just wanted his gold. Cool. This is going to be the end of the movie. Fog leaves. Everyone goes their respective ways. Everyone says, bye, Father Malone. Thanks for saving us. <laughs> See you later. See you on Sunday. Yeah. Bye. And then Blake is there again. And the last shot of the movie you see is him like whacking a sword into Father Malone. Yeah. Into the movie. So <laughs> so Blake wanted the gold and the bodies. Yes. He got all six. Selfish man. Yeah. He, he got the gold and the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> I want the gold. I want the bodies. <laughs> yeah. So that's John Carpenter's The Fog. Yes. Very simple movie. Yes, it is. Yeah. Great fucking soundtrack. The score is awesome. It's one of my favorite John Carpenter's. Now that yeah. I've like listened to it. Yeah. Solo. Not like in the movie. It's great too. But like I'm just listening to it. It's super creepy. He does make good scores. That is for sure. I mean, Halloween is probably one of the most recognizable scores of all time. Oh, absolutely. Like, along with Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Dress Park. Which, <laughs> all three. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you just John said. John Carpenter and three John Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I did enjoy the movie. I, I, I always want movies to be scarier than they actually are. This movie wasn't scary at all. And no. That's totally fine. Yeah. I liked how simple it was. I thought it was an interesting follow-up to the smash hit that was Halloween, though. I, I appreciate that was he did. Was Halloween an original smash hit? I think it took like a year or two for it to really like pick up steam. Yeah. But back then, also, movies stayed in theaters for like close to a year, though. That's true, because word of mouth. Like, it's not like we had social media like we have today. It's like right. you had to read it in a newspaper that it was coming out. Right. Yeah. I, I do remember those days of reading newspapers. I do too. I mean, like, yeah. sneak peek on Friday. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. And it had all the movie times listed at all the movie theaters in town. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid growing up, I always used to read, like, the Sunday paper with my parents. I always, like, read, like, the ads. Yeah. And then I always read the movie section every single time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember when you could also call the movie theaters and you'd have to listen. 
yeah. for Mr. the movie, movie you wanted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any trivias for John Carpenter's The Fog? I have a few. There weren't really that many, but I will read them to you. When Father Malone first discovers the journal, he glances at the title page, then flips to an open page of text that is partially blocked and seen only for a split second. The visual portion reads, with spelling errors, something something, my college education to work writing dumb shit in this fucking movie props being one. It's time <laughs> It's time to bring in the word. It's time to bring in the words guide or the big tits, tattoos, and shaved beavers. I know horny blocks would go blocked some of that. <laughs> so someone's just writing like garbage in there to fill it out. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, actress Adrian Barbeau, who played Stevie, mm-hmm. and director John Carpenter were married at the time this movie was made and released. He wrote the role of Stevie Wayne for her specifically. Oh, interesting. While driving to the lighthouse, Stevie flips around the radio dial in a broadcast confirming a search for the ship. The quote, seagrass is heard. The voice mentions a sweep south of Waitley Point and Arkham Reef. Both Arkham Reef and the surname Waitley are references to writer H.P. Lovecraft as he used both repeatedly in his stories. Carpenter is an admitted huge fan of Lovecraft. All right. A little, little quick tribute in there. Yes. Tom Atkins' character's name is Nick Castle, which is the name of the original actor who played Michael Myers. Thought about that. The Shape in John Carpenter's classic, The Halloween. or The Halloween. The, in John Carpenter's classic, Halloween. <laughs> um, the movie's opening prologue was a quote from the final two line of Edgar Allan Poe's poem, A Dream Within a Dream. It states, is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream. And then... Extensive reshoots were done after the first screening when director and studio executives decided that the movie wasn't scary enough. Additional additional scenes shot included close-ups of death scenes, specifically stab wounds, the scene with Janie Lee Curtis and the walking corpse in the morgue, and the finale between Adrian Bar... Oh, and and the finale with Adrian Barbro on top of the lighthouse. Oh, yeah, because there was that quick, like, flash of, like, one of the faces. It's, like, green. It's got maggots on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think the budget was? Oh, man. I'm going to say $1.1 million. Oh, you were so close. It's just a million. Oh, okay. And then worldwide gross, which is the same as domestic gross. So maybe this didn't really be released internationally. I'll say $11 million. Twenty-one million four hundred forty-eight thousand seven hundred eighty-two. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, critics. Okay, so while you think about it, critics consensus: a well-crafted return to horror for genre giant John Carpenter. The fog rolls in and wraps viewers in subtly slow-building chills. Ooh, hmm. Critics, I'll say seventy-two. Audience, I'll say 69. Oh, man, you're so close. Critics is 74. It's certified fresh. And audience score is 64. So it's a full bucket of popcorn. All right. And that's it. Nice. All righty. If you could save any character in the fog out of the six to die, who would it be and why? I would save Mrs. Coolbits. Why Mrs. Coolbits? Because she was so nice and Andy really liked her. <laughs> and I just, I feel bad for her. Yeah. She was just showing up to just to help a, help a working mother out. Yeah. Yeah. And now Stevie's going to have to find a new babysitter. <laughs> Hopefully move. Andy, yeah. <laughs> Andy's going to be like, not right for a little while. Oh, definitely not. Uh-uh. He saw a zombie break into his room. <laughs> I would save Father Malone because this town's going to have to get its shit back together and a priest could really help some people out, get their, get their lives back in order. Yeah. Do you know what I just realized? We never mentioned the fact that one of the guys on the boat was Janet Lee's husband. Oh, yeah. I guess we didn't bring that in. Yeah. No. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. 
who in this movie could use a beer? Elizabeth. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis's character. She already had a Budweiser <laughs> and, 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 the, and Nick's truck as soon as she met the guy. Yeah. But she could use another one. She already felt bad that she brought horrible terror upon this town. Yeah. But now she's got to feel even worse. Yeah. Now that I've mentioned that, I would give it to Janet Lee because Kathy, her name is Kathy Williams, I think. I'd give it to Kathy because she lost her husband. Her 100th anniversary party of Antonio Bay was destroyed by pirate zombies. Yeah, she lost her personal life and her career. Yeah. If you could turn the fog into a beer, Mm -hmm. what style of beer would it be? And what would you name that beer? So, being a barista for five years, four years, however long I was a barista for, a London fog is when you... Steep Earl Grey tea with water and milk. Okay. So I would make a Earl Grey infused cream ale with lactose, and I would name it when the fog rolls in. Nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I would drink that, but... I'm not a huge fan of Earl Grey. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. But I was was trying to figure out what else would be besides... Maybe not a cream ale... But I couldn't think of another style of beer that it would go well with. Like lactose and Earl Grey essence. You could do like a pale ale or an IPA. I think that'd be fine. But IPAs have too much funk for it. Like it needs to be a little more botanical. Hmm. Saison? I take it back. Yes. An Earl Grey infused lactose Saison. And I would name it when the fog grows in. I dig it. I would do a white stout. And I would call it Midnight Till One. Midnight Till One? All right. AKA The Witching Hour. Yes. And that'll do it that's for the gonna, fog. That's it for the fog. Yes. Um, again, PSA, get outside to get exercise, but keep your distance. Um, if you're an essential worker, if you're a grocery store employee, a first responder, paramedic, nurse... Uh, gas station attendant, anyone who has to work right now and be in the public, thank you for your service. It it truly doesn't go unnoticed. Um, stay safe out there. Make good choices. In life and in beer. Okay, bye. Bye.